Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the weekly Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Argyle Chat. I'm joined by our podcast regular Chris Errington. Hi Chris. Hello Stu. And a warm welcome to this week's special guests, Plymouth Argyle Academy Manager Phil Stokes and Media Liaison Officer and Argyle Youth Expert Mike Sampson. Hi, hi, chaps. Hi, yeah. Hi, you okay? Morning, listeners. Thank you very much for uh, coming in and joining us. It's no, uh, a pleasure. Pleasure to come. Well, we're looking forward to, to hearing more. Um, obviously, the Academy at Argyle is such a huge part of the club. Um, Phil, you're taking the, the young kids off to Northern Ireland soon in the Super Cup. How's pre season gone so far? Yeah, so um, we're going over in a week's time when we, we depart for, for Northern Ireland. Um, pre season kind of started all the the Super Cup preparations started back in February, where we had our initial, uh, inter- not interview, but uh, induction with all the academy players and parents. Um, so that started uh, in February. And then ever since, we've been doing training camps, preparation and building it up, where we've had you know, fixtures last weekend against West Brom, Swansea, uh, Marjon's 18s. So again, everything's kind of building up and giving us the best opportunity to try and uh, perform as, as well as we can over there. Yeah, absolutely. And what, what sort of age group are we looking at here for the, for the Youth Cup? Um, so, so currently this season's it'll be a mixture of 14s, 15s and 16s. So um, the older age groups within the youth development phase are, are the ones that get the opportunity to go. Um, and this year it is 2000 and 2004 birthday, so you've got to be within the, the international tournament age groups. Yeah, well, um, we've been looking at the, the squad, haven't we, Chris, this morning? Mm-hmm. and. Uh, even a 13-year-old in there going out there. Yeah, so they can be young 13s that, that go. Um, and again, we had a few last year and previous years. We've always always taken them, to be fair. Even this year, we had a couple of under-12s training with the, the squad um, that were doing really well in the academy. So, um, you know, certainly shows good progression for the, the younger ones, you know, and, and giving them that opportunity. So if they don't go this year, then it will stand them in better stead certainly for, for the following year's preparation. So, um, yeah, we've incorporated a lot of younger ones as, as we try to. Yeah, as you say, you started the preparations back in February, but uh, looking on the website this morning, it sounds like there's been six weeks, or the last six weeks have been real intense training in preparation for this tournament. Yeah, so um, six weeks ago, we, we kind of named the, the training squad and then have named the, the 18 players that will, will travel. Um, so lots of tactical, lots of... Um, technical work that's gone over the last six weeks um, amongst games, amongst strength and conditioning sessions. The boys even went um, to a team and build team building and leadership day at Home Park. Um, that involved uh, taking part in the, the activities around Home Park in the morning, which was the day of action, um, which the boys got stuck in with all the activities with, with everybody, the fans, you know, and the staff there, which was really good. And then in the afternoon, they did uh, some activities around Central Park 
part, which was again quite interesting. Um, again, a few of them getting lost at various stages throughout the the afternoon, but was was really good fun. And again, it was just trying to to bring them all together to understand that importance of of being together when we are yeah. over there and we're all working towards the the same goal. Well, I, I guess that team bonding and team spirit is so important, isn't it? You know, it is it at any club really? Yeah, you know, we, we, again, we, we like to think we do things well. We, we've certainly tried to improve on, on aspects that we did from last year and trying to build the programme and integrate, you know, all that. We've got um, a leadership group this year with four players that the players have actually chosen themselves. Um, so that wasn't us as staff, the players have chosen who they wanted to be in that and they'll report to the staff on a, on a daily basis. So there's elements there that we're trying to improve, trying to work towards. We were at um, Nuffield Health yesterday afternoon, which um, our physio Abner and our strength and conditioning coach Ryan put on a, a brilliant afternoon with various activities, boxing, um, and again, an intense uh, circuit that, that Abner put on as well. So um, yeah, just trying to get them together to, to understand that, that, that they, we are as one when we're over there, you know. You know, we win, lose, and draw as a as a collective. You know. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to remember that eleven of the eighteen lads. This is our first time away from home, and first time playing competitive football, and five games in five days. We have six who are on their second trip, which is a bonus because last year we had hardly any, didn't we? And we've got one, Brandon Purcell, who's on his third trip. It's his last year. But those seven players will be a bonus to the youngsters because they know what to expect. Where the other 11, it's into the unknown for them. Yeah. And at 13 and 14, you know, the unknown's big, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, Samuel, what can you tell us about the, the, the tournament itself and who Argyle are playing? Well, they, they start off with a game against the local side, County Londonderry, and they put them at Sea Haven, the main ground at um, Port Stewart, which is actually a, a, a ground for the team in the Irish League and um, so they're expecting a big crowd now uh, what kick off was that one Phil? Four o'clock. Four o'clock then the second game is against the uh, Chilean side isn't it? Yeah, yeah. O'Higgins. O'Higgins. Yeah. Yeah. O'Higgins. Uh, it's not a Chilean name is it? <laughs> <laughs> but we're expecting a hard one there because they're always hard they were the last time we were over two years ago. I mean are they typical sort of South American sides? That, mm, you know? They know all the tricks even at that age, they know all the tricks, don't they, Phil? Yeah, no. Um... <laughs> going into it too much, they know all the <laughs> tricks. We had a guy doing well last year, um, two years ago, sorry, we had a guy doing very well, and uh, the Chilean side, we played, nobbled him <laughs> within the first 10 minutes. They scored, and then they nobbled him. You saw the, you saw the bench call him over and say, mm. the next minute, he's carried off, I ain't out here. Yeah. But yeah, you've got to watch that. It's, it's all part of the learning curve for the lads. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the, the big one is the third one. And that, again, is back at Sea Haven with the main stand and everything. It's a proper football ground. Uh, under lights, 7 o'clock against Arsenal. We were going over to the uh, Super Cup for the first time. Oh, really? So we're expecting something from them. They, you know, they'll have a good setup. Don't worry about it. Mm. Now, Mike, you've been to the Super Cup, and I know Phil has a lots of times over the years. It's something that Argyle done regularly. Just tell the listeners how big a deal this tournament is in the locality. Massive. I can't emphasise too much how big this tournament is for youngsters. You've got teams coming from South America, New Zealand, Australia, America, Africa, all, all over the world. Every continent has got a representative, team representative in there. 
and you've got national sides come over for the under 70s and 18s, you know, and it's, it's a very big tournament. And as I said, a lot of these lads, it's their first time away from home mm. in playing five game, competitive games. Because the rules under the FA are you can't have reporting on competitive games or anything under 16. Mm. But this is full spotlight, TV, everything. It's big over there. It's on the TV, BBC, Northern Ireland, mm. it's on there. Yeah. You know, it's covered full. And Argo been on there before, haven't they? On yeah. it. And, and in the papers, it's next day it's covered. There's so, a supplement every day. So Phil, what do the youngsters get out of playing in a tournament like this? What, what are they going to benefit from? So I think you, you look at the academy system as a whole, which is brilliant. We've got lots of good work going out that probably nobody really sees what goes on in the background. Mm. Certainly, particularly, I'll refer to the players within the 9s to 16s age group. You've got Jamie Lowry, Dan Thompson, Lee Hodge, and all the part-time staff, etc., that do a tremendous amount of work. Um, but within our games programme, we'll end up playing the Southwest clubs a number of times. So when we go over to a tournament like this, you know, we're facing teams, and you look at last year, and we'll go on about um, County Fermar, Chivas, and County Antrim. Three really, really tough games. You know, nothing like they would experience in our own games program that we have. You know, and this year it will be no different. You know, probably even harder if I think. You know, County Londonderry who beat Rangers and Man United last year. You got O'Higgins yeah. that we know is going to be a physical test and challenge. And Arsenal of a Category One academy that that play at the highest level, you know. So we, we go over there because we're getting very, very competitive games and we're testing and challenging our players in a different environment, a tournament environment, people watching, you know, lots of press and lots of, of, of things going on. They're away from home. You get to opportunities to see the players with um, in academy training, but it's not the same. So when they go abroad or they go away, they're there for the whole week. So you get to see what they're like, both on and off the pitch. And, you know, in full credit, last year's, previous years, we've been commented on, on the way that we've acted off the pitch as mm, well. Absolutely. And I think that, for me, is just as important as the work that we're doing on the pitch. So it goes hand in hand. You know, we're trying to develop young people and, and good people and good citizens as well as develop them technically, tactically on, on the pitch. So it, yeah. it kind of comes hand in hand. Yeah. I've never seen, and I've been over there 12 out of 13 years now, I'm an old aunt, they actually asked me for directions. <laughs> um, and I've never seen an Argo side misbehave. They've always been superbly polite. They don't, they're not allowed off a lease going out to the fair down at Port Rush evenings. Other teams which I will not mention, you go down, I'm, I'm based in the town in my hotel, and you can see the teams let roam while, they're, while the coaches are in the pub, you know, having a drink. Not this, not this group. They're with those lads all the time and those lads are superbly polite. And don't forget, this will be the first time they get an idea what it's like to be a professional footballer. Yeah. And it is it's run on exactly the same as if it was a the first team going on a tour. Yeah. And it is. Well I was gonna say it's hugely important to the academy setup, isn't it? Because as, as you say there, Sambo, twelve of the, you've been for twelve of thirteen years that Argyle yeah. have been taking part in this tournament. No. Yeah, we, we spend a lot of money, you know, it's not um, something that we go over and it's just, you know, go over and Bit turn up and play. Yeah. You know, if we're going to do something like this, we do it right and we prepare, we set ourselves and we make sure that, one, the boys will be well organised um, and they'll give everything, you know, all I expect from, from the lads is to, to kind of outwork the opponents, so making sure that no one covers any more ground than us. 
we try and try and compete as best as we can with our, our physical capabilities, you know, and hopefully our talent and technical ability takes care of itself. And we've got some, again, some exciting players this year, you know, and we just want to test them in that environment and hopefully they can go and, you know, thrive and, and get, get good results. Um, the other thing I'd mention is, you know, it wasn't, I've been for the last six years, but before that, you know, you had good people like Chris Souness, you know, Alan Evans, Kevin Nanskeville, all really experienced people that know what the tournament's about. And, and that's kind of drip fed through, you know, and we've kept the same values, the same beliefs, you know, and making sure that they are ready and spot on when we go out there and we're treating it as, you know, they will be coming in as an apprentice. This is what you'd be coming into as a, as a footballer. Yeah, it's not only about the comrades building a, a comradeship with the youngsters, the, the backroom staff as well, they, they bond together. And to be honest, the fun we have, clean fun we have with the lads, at meal times, everything, we bounce, you know, and they, they might have a bad result and they come in and within 10 minutes, we've got them laughing and joking again and building them up. And don't forget some big players have come through this tournament with Argo. You're talking Dan Gosling, Joe Mason, Sam Gallagher, Jack Stevens, Lloyd Jones, Christian Walton, you know, and they've earned Argo money. Yeah. And Jack, Jack hasn't yet, but he nearly went for 12 million this year, which would have been 1.2 billion payoff for Argo. So yeah, there's a lot of big players come through with Argo. It's not just taking part as well though. You know, you want to go to a tournament and do well. And you know, in recent years, Phil, you know, the team's done really well, hasn't it? Yeah, last year, um, again, we overachieved, you know, and every year with, with every department within Plymouth Argyle, we're, we're expected to go over and beyond. You know, the academy is, is no different. And, you know, we certainly do that with staff by working tremendous amounts of hours and putting every ounce of effort into the academy. But, you know, last year was a great example and it was probably my, one of Mike's first times that they've actually come back with a trophy, which is brilliant. The um, first. <laughs> the first. So, you know, which is brilliant, you know, and they did tremendously well. You know, I, I can't give them enough credit. There was su some superb players there. Um, but I think it's more than just the tournament. You know, the tournament, as, as Mike said, with those, those players named, gave them the platform or gave them that little bit of hunger or desire or gave them the ability to go, well, actually, I need to be at that level. You know, I'm okay here at the moment. This is where we're normally at in academy football, but it goes and broadens the horizons and gives them that opportunity of actually going, actually, I, I do want a bit of this. This is what I want to do for a living. You know, and this, these are the levels and the standards that you've got to be at to succeed in the game. And I firmly believe that some of those players that used it as a tool to, to, to go on and, and make a living in being yeah, a professional absolutely. footballer. Wasn't it great at the final whistle in the Vars when they won? And that was against Corinthians of Brazil, yeah. wasn't it? No, no, no. That was when we reached the semi-final of the main competition. And um, there was a fiddle with a draw. We should have been playing. Uh, <laughs> we should have been Not playing. that Mike was bitter about. <laughs> we we finished we finished second, and we were playing the top side in the third and fourth play because they were both Irish. Oh really? Oh. <laughs> but Corinthians, we took them to the closest yeah. um, defeat they or win they had in the whole tournament, and they were something else. They were something else. They were. They really were the Brazilian team. They were. They were proper. The old style Brazilians, you know. And they had a lad there, that fourteen-year-old lad, Zico. He, fourteen, and he hit this thirty-five-yard free kick. That screamed into the top corner, and you know you had time, chance hard to get it on the uh, camera. It went so fast. He was brilliant. But no, we. 
at the end of the whistle. Um, it was great to see even me at 68 running on the pitch, <laughs> bouncing on the pitch, you <laughs> know, and hugging all the lads and that. And then afterwards, yeah. bloody, what's he called? Um, Paul Watton's son. <laughs> Dragged me into the plumbing showers to dance to Jackie Chan. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the comradeship. Yeah, yeah. Mike, have you never heard of the phrase "What goes on tour stays"? On? <laughs> There's some stuff we don't need to know. No, this uh, <laughs> this went live on YouTube. I tell you. <laughs> so it's still out there now somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Just want to have a watch. Yeah. Um, well, as you say, though, Phil, I mean, what it just sounds like a fantastic opportunity for these kids, and yeah. it really is a carrot dangled in front of them for, for what they could have later in life. Hundred percent, you know, and um, I think it's just a platform. You know, we're there. We'd love to do more tournaments in the academy. We'd love to go and and into a lot more. But this is the one that we do take a lot of pride, a lot of commitment into, um, and it's one that we treat very seriously. Yes, we do want to go and win every game. That's what we're we're over there for. That's what football is about at the highest level. Um, but there is a lot more that that goes on to ensure that you know, if they don't make it as a footballer. You know, they can look back on this experience. You know, they can go and set up to compete at the Super Cup against some top names. A couple of years ago, I spoke to one of the apprentices and he said, oh, good luck at the tournament. He said, oh, I remember it, you know, regardless, because I played against Billy Mil Gilmore. And again, he was playing against us in the Checker Trade Trophy for, for Chelsea yeah. last year. You know, and he went from Rangers to Chelsea and got sold. So, you know, there are some really good players at, at this tournament. Um, and I think it's, a, again, an opportunity for players to to remember it regardless you know, of, of where they end up Absolutely. in the future. Uh, are, are there many other English teams? Yes. Argonne, oh, yeah. uh, Arsenal rather. Well, if you have a look in uh, last year's under-15s, the junior knockout, I'm trying to... Get I, I, I know Man United are in it, I know Leeds yeah. are in it. Glasgow um, Rangers. Yeah, here we go. Charlton Athletic, Southampton. Rangers, Leeds United, Man United, Arsenal, of course, this year as well, Argyle, Swindon. But it's the, it, the, but the, gist, the, the gist of it, though, is that it's just not a British tournament, is it? It's no, literally no, no. World, You're literally talking worldwide, yeah. and yeah. you know that's what must make it fun and a, and a challenge, well, and different tests. And exactly, it's definitely playing against the South Americans or an African team, it's challenges. Yeah. Yeah. We, we don't know what we're going to come up against, you know, and I think the one thing that I always stress to, to, to the boys is the Arsenal game they're going to be looking forward to, no doubt, you know, that is, that is the big one, but, you know, we've got, to, we've got to take care of County Londonderry and making sure we're performing on the Monday at four o'clock before we can think about O'Higgins and then think about Arsenal yeah. and what's going to lie ahead, so... You know, I know it's an old cliche, but we will take every game as it comes and assess things, you know, as injuries crop up, as, you know, tiredness, fatigue, all those elements that come into it, you know, and perhaps tactically a different different shape or a different way and style of play. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll take everything as it comes and, and, and keep building on it, really. Yeah, and the kick off times allow you to have a look at the opposition yes, as well, which is 100%. Good. And we got, I know Arsenal are on telly twice, um, so they've been picked out of think two of the 22 games that are on telly but we'll definitely be going and, and watching you know it would be be silly of us not to um but 
we, we want to focus on ourselves, you know, I'm more worried about the boys, how our boys yeah. perform, you know, that's what I want us to, to really focus on, and if we do perform well, and they know they can perform to the best of their ability, we believe in them as staff, you know, if the boys believe in themselves, you know, they'll go on and, and, and hopefully achieve great things again, um, but we'll focus on ourselves, but we'll get that little bit of, of insight, perhaps, into how we can deal with maybe a particular player, or a particular system over there that that might just give us that little bit of an, yeah. an advantage. You talk about teams from abroad, there's a team called Right to Dream that come from Africa. And the first time we saw them, Phil, it looked as if they stretched them before they come out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> their back four are two center houses, six foot three, six foot four, and under 15 to their back line, you know. And you come up against these things, you yeah. know. We come up against teams that are physically more advanced than us, uh, and some of the premier sides are technically more advanced. But I'll tell you what, last year, as you said, we were an unknown quantity, really, but it was the way the lads wanted to win. Yeah. It really was the spirit. And even though sometimes they were being outplayed, they won the game, but with their spirit mm. and their effort. And, uh, and you had always had Oscar up front, Oscar Massey, give him a chance, it was in the back of the net, and he won the golden boot. He's got a lot to live up to this year because he's there again. And see him get that golden boot. Well, that was such a privilege for the yeah, club. Yeah, And for him as well, of course. Yeah, so. yeah. The whole coach, junior section, he, he was the top goal scorer. And you look at some of the names that were in there, you know. And he got six goals in, in five games. And they were, some of them were crackers, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, brilliant, well, brilliant finishes. And yeah. I think, just alluding to Mike's point, you know, the defenders, again, you know, Oscar was brilliant. Um, but I think we've got to remember the good work that you know, the defenders and the midfielders did, closing yeah, down, yeah. you know, blocking shots, putting their bodies on the line, you know, to, to protect Lewis. And when Lewis Moyle was called upon it, you know, he made some fantastic saves, you know. So we, we did have really good team organisation spirit. And we're going to need that again this year. You know, that will be exactly the same and, and if not more. Yeah, the biggest problem for the backroom staff is remembering that these lads are under 15s. Because when they get on that pitch, yeah. you sometimes you're, it's like you're, Taking up, you're shouting at men, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's the football coach that comes yeah. up with you. And, yeah, yeah, and you've got to remember they're under 15. It's some of the things they do for under 15s is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Well, welcome back to the second part of the podcast. Um, put a request out for some questions, and we have one from uh, Dave Searle. Do you see signs that players coming through now are able to hold down regular places, unlike players in the past, such as uh, Rooney and Harvey? I guess he's really talking about. Lewis and Randall who performed so well in pre-season. Yeah, I think that is probably the next stage and where we've got to get to as a, as a club and an academy where, you know, it is that first, second, perhaps third year professional where now we, we want them to get established professionals. That, that's, that's the aim. So whether they're making 20, 30, 40, 50 appearances, you know, that, that's, that's the next gap. You know, I know last year um, a few of the boys were sent out on loan, etc. to get experience at, at some of the perhaps the um, Juro, et cetera, that, those sorts of levels. So I think for, between us, we're trying to get the balance of giving them opportunity, certainly game time, um, but also hopefully, you know, those boys have got to, when they get in there, try and stay in there and, uh, and impress the gaffer, impress, impress Ryan and, and the coaching staff to, to say they warrant a, a, a place in the starting eleven. Um, very pleasing that, you know, on Ryan, or the, the gaffer's first day, um, he came and met the under-18s um, and said, if, if you're good enough, you know, 
you're old enough, but you've got to earn the right. You know, you know, yeah. football's not just a given. You don't just turn up and okay, you know, and perhaps the academy system, you know, where they go from one age group to the next is is brilliant. But when you get to to the sixteens, eighteens, and certainly the first team level, you know, you've got to be ready to step in. You know, whether it's coming on as a sub, whether it's starting a game, you know, and and you've got to be trustworthy and and, and reliable. Um, and that's what he'll be be looking at. But but obviously very pleasing that um, you know Clardy, um, Adam Randall, Mike Peck, Tom Perrington, they've all been given game time over over pre season. So it's it's their opportunity to to show what they can they can do. Absolutely. I think you will agree that under the new manager, more youngsters have been used in the pre-season than for a very, very, very long time, if ever. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's been good opportunity for, for all of the young pros. Um, you know, Clardy Lollis has scored two goals already, uh, two good goals as well. And Adam Randall was given the chance to captain the team against Truro. Now, that was, yeah. that was quite a feat, I, I thought. Phil, uh, you know, for his first game as a professional footballer, yeah. he had the armband on. I mean, what a, what a, a great, uh, good experience for him, but uh, that's a real vote of confidence from no. the manager as well, isn't it? And his own confidence. 100%, you know, and I, I can't go on enough, really. I think everybody was a little bit down after, certainly last year and, and relegation. But I think after a, a week went by, I think the whole club changed and it was all very much a positive environment, a positive atmosphere, you know, from all over the club. Um, I think it's another step in the academy's direction where you go, oh, hang on a minute, you know, they've come from scholars, they've had two-year apprentice, come straight in and, and he's rewarded with that. You know, you know, hopefully he's been doing something right. Adam's a very good player, he's a technically gifted midfielder who can handle the ball and he's got a great passing range, um, you know, and perhaps, you know, um, the gaffer's looking for that type of player maybe to, to fit into to his plans um, but again that Adam will have to keep impressing Adam will have to keep listening learning from from the gaffer and all his coaching staff you know it's not just going to come and click and you, you're in there you know he's going to have to work incredibly hard to, to establish a place in the, the Argyle 11 that are going to hopefully be looking to, mm-hmm. to push up towards push up towards promotion and, and the playoffs hopefully and, and Claudio Lollis you know tell us a bit about him Phil because you know he, he went away with the Greek under 19 squad last yeah, year so didn't he Cl- Claudio's a little bit different to Adam Adam and Tom and, and, and Mike have all been in the, the academy system for a number of years so they've they've been in it uh, Claudio came in as a was um, scouted from Crystal Palace so he came in as an under 16 and um, he's been away with uh, Greece under 19s as well last year so he's had lots of exposure um, and, and again he's an exciting player a really exciting and talent you know he, he can shift the ball he can move it and, and, and he can certainly strike it and I think there was something on um, Twitter yesterday with him mm, scoring in the, <laughs> in the top corner so someone's uh, <laughs> taken one of, of him so brilliant you know I, I think he's one that could you know, get you off your feet. If you're watching a, a game of football, you know, it can produce something out of, out of nothing. Yeah. But if he what, doesn't learn out of this, off of this manager, who was a striker himself, he's not going to learn off anyone, is Well, he? Not, not just Lolas, but you think of Alex Fletcher as well, you know, yeah. who's perhaps yeah. not had the opportunities he would have wanted in the last few years. If he can't learn from Ryan Lowe, then, yeah, you know, the, well, <laughs> he, he, he's got to learn from Ryan and, Lowe, hasn't and, he? Really? And get the enthusiasm from the man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just speaking of Ryan though, um, how much di- dialogue do you have with him? Is is it regular conversations that you that you have in terms of academy 
structure and players coming through? Um, again, the, the gaffer's first first and foremost aim is is the first thing. Yeah, you know, we, we've got to remember that. You know, um, and he's been extremely busy. He's he's obviously had his preparations, building his squad. You know, his, his signings, etc. So, you know, I, I think the one thing um, the gaffer has done is spoke to more more so with Kevin Hodges, our academy director, and liaised him with the under 18s and, and and Robbie Herrera in that regard. Um, but you know, I'm sure as time grows and time develops, you know, and things become a little bit more established, um, you know, all the coaching staff will will have that dialogue right the way through. Um, but in the first instance, he's obviously met the the under 18s. You know, he's met all the coaching staff, you know, and, and showed, you know, himself and, and, and made sure that he know, they know that he's there. But um, I think things will develop as, as the season progresses. Yeah. You know, we, we like to think that we're carrying on the good work that we're doing, you know, and, and, and the Catholic can concentrate on, on, on the first team. And our aim is, is to support him, you know, in any way and shape and form that we can. You know, the academy's there to, to support him and, you know, whether that's Adam and Clardy, you know, perhaps going up and, and being part of his, his first team squad or it's in any other way, you know, potential sell-on values, etc. that might be brought in to generate revenue into the club, then that's that's what we're here, here for as well. So, you know, I think he, he knows that, that we're here for that. Yeah. Does he perhaps speak to, maybe not so much yourself, but Kevin then, in, in a tactical sense? Because obviously we know about his style of football. Yeah. He likes to play with three at the back. Does he insist Correct. on that? going throughout the whole club in the academy as well? Or, or yeah, not? so there's been a couple of formations that we've used within the academy um, and three at the back is one of those, you know, throughout the age groups. Um, so it's nothing that I don't think our boys would not have had previously. Um, so that will, will give them a better opportunity or a better chance certainly going into that that system. Again, I, I, I know um, things will be dripped Trip fed down in terms of his style, the way he wants to play, the way that the club wants to play. But you know, we, we want to just I think get a little bit of consistency in what we're doing at, at this stage. You know, the Super Cup squad um, played three five two last last year. Um, so um, again, we we are playing playing that formation and that style of play. Um, it's just fitting it into those little tweaks and and, and things of of what he wants from particular players potentially in different moments and areas of the game. Yeah, I, I was at a press call with Ryan recently and he saw one of the young lads and just sort of introduced himself and asked him what position he was and the lad said, I'm a winger. And Ryan just said, well, I don't play with wingers, so you're going to have to know to be a number 10. So. <laughs> so, Either that or a very good wing back. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, let's have a chat about the first team then. Um, Chris, two friendlies in the last war since we last recorded the podcast. Yep. Three one defeat at Torquay United. Yeah. Uh, followed up with a 2-0 win against AFC Wimbledon out in Spain, of course. Mm. So, good to get that win after Torquay, but, I mean, we talk about results, they're still irrelevant at this stage, aren't they? They are, really. Um, the game against Torquay was a good one. It was um, a mm. good test for Argyle. Um, it highlighted some areas for improvement, shall we say, particularly defensively. And um, I thought that Torquay were well up for the game. They looked like, they treated it like a league game. Uh, and why not? Yeah, they were on home soil, they had a good crowd there, I think it was about 3,300 in total. Um, they're coming off promotion season, Gary Johnson as manager, you know, you'd expect them to do well in the National League. So I think it was a good game for Argyle to have and would have certainly have highlighted one or two areas that Argyle needed to improve on. The defeat, yes, you know, as Phil just says, I can't imagine anybody ever goes out to play a game of football 
not wanting to win it, but there's degrees of wanting to win it sometimes. And I just think that Torquay were really fired up for that game and uh, got the better of Argyle. The game against Wimbledon, yeah, great to beat a League One team. You know, difficult to, to draw too many conclusions from the game played in La Manga, you know, between two English clubs in the heat. It was um, 10.30 kickoff in the morning local time to avoid the, the heat of the real heat of the day. But nonetheless, um, to play a game against good opposition, score two good goals, keep a clean sheet. Um, sounded as though that some of the areas that, that Ryan Lowe wants to work on with his players showed some improvement in terms of pattern of play. And I think perhaps the, the biggest thing from an Argyle fan's point of view, Danny Meyer, who's somebody that everyone's excited to see this season and has high hopes for, scored a, a spectacular goal, provided the assist for Joel Grant's goal. And, you know, Ryan Lowe said afterwards, you know, you know, expect me to, to sing the praises of Danny Mayer quite a lot this season. And uh, so it was good to see that Danny Mayer, who didn't play against Torquay because of a slight injury, got 65, 70 minutes against Wimbledon. Sounds as though he's getting up to speed as well. But, you know, I agree, Stu. I, I never read too much into pre-season. It's Saturday, August the 3rd at Crew Alexandra. As long as Ryan Lowe's got as near a fully fit squad as possible, preferably completely fully fit, but and their fitness levels are good, then they've had four or five weeks to get to understand what he wants from them, and then you send them out to do the job on the first day of the season, and, and we go from there. Yeah, Phil, you, you, you touched on the positivity at home park yeah. following the relegation. It is something that's just swept throughout the whole club, isn't it? You know, it's hard to believe when you go up to home park that Argyle are coming off a relegation. Going into yeah, no, it is. It's really noticeable in the environment, the culture, everything about it. Um, and, you know, I can only refer to the, the games we had prepped preparations for the Super Cup but you know we we tested ourselves you know we didn't go out for for easy op opposition you know we wanted a, a mixture of results a different game you know and again you know I think when it comes matters for us at the Super Cup is the Monday against County London there and when it matters most is the first game of the season for Plymouth Argyle yeah. you know so you know I think it's all a building process and um, you know there'll be a lot of good work and tactical work that that Ryan, Chewy, you know, and the staff and Nance, etc., will be getting into the players and having an opportunity to, to do over in, in Spain. So, um, you know, lot, lots of positivity. And to be fair, I'm, I'm really excited to go and, uh, and watch them this year. You know, and, uh, you know I want to get, get out there and, as much as I can and, and be there and, and supporting them on. And I guess you're the same, Sambo. You know, you hear Ryan's reputation for playing this attacking football. It's what fans want to go and watch, isn't it? Well, to be quite honest, I've seen all the friendlies so far except for Wimbledon, of course. And I've been excited at the style of football that's played. You know, people like Joe Riley, I wasn't a great fan of Joe Riley's, I'll be honest, and I apologised to him <laughs> last season, but he's been a revelation in his new style. He's been a different player, and I think it'll suit him. And uh, you've got to remember, Torquay, four, four of the players that will more likely be starting up at uh, Crewe were rested. They weren't champs. So, and a lot of the youngsters played, uh, a hell of a lot of the youngsters throughout the, the 90 minutes. I think your guy, Bree Chris, came on, didn't they? Mm -hmm. yeah. So, you know, you can't draw anything from Sometimes, and Ryan Lowe will probably say the same, you can learn more from a defeat than you can from an easy victory. Yeah. And obviously, yes, that was a good result against Wimbledon. Uh, they're at um, Buckland Wednesday, aren't they? You probably won't have all the first team out in that, but. There's another chance to get minutes for people. 
and then they're playing Bristol Rovers while we're all flying to yeah. Northern yeah. Ireland. Absolutely. <laughs> so you fly out on Saturday and the first game is Sunday. So Monday. We, we fly out Saturday, we'll train, uh, we'll arrive midday, we'll train in the afternoon. Um, we've got a, a session on Sunday morning. We've got the parade Sunday Sunday evening. Um, again, another light session the Monday morning ahead of the, the game or the County London area at four o'clock on the Monday. So yeah, a busy couple of days as we as we arrive. Yeah, absolutely. Just to well, prove it's not a jolly. <laughs> we're meeting at Home Park on Saturday morning at two forty-five in the morning. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's after your night out, isn't it, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> Well, gents, we wish you all the very best. Um, we'll certainly be keeping a, a lookout to see how the team get on and um, hopefully you can come out with, uh, with more silverware this summer. So, wish you all the best. Thanks for coming in. Chris, thank you too for joining us on My the podcast pleasure, this too. week. Yeah. So, we have all we have time for this week. Uh, we'll be back again with more of the same next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at Herald PAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.